You are listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at sungrove.org. It is great to be with you today, and I want to just start off by communicating that we love you so much, and of course we look forward to being back together. We pray that you and your family are safe, but I also am thinking it's been really refreshing during this time to see people in their natural element. I think one of the beautiful things about the church is that we can be a family And some people get accustomed to people being on stage and watching what happens and and almost having these distances, but we can just kind of let our hair down. And even through Zoom calls, you've seen people in their living room. You've seen them in a very casual environment. And I think it's made us a little bit more human. And one of the things I want to communicate to you, even as you're in your living room or you're watching on a mobile device today, is that God is right there with you. He sees past all the trappings. He sees past all the image stuff. He sees past what it looks like when people dress up for church or they dress down to go to bed at night. God is with you. He knows everything about you. He loves you immensely. And he is with you even right now as you're watching this series that we're calling Tension. As we get started today, I want to let you know that I know a girl in Colorado who has a brilliant scientific mind and she's been studying biological computations. I don't even know what biological computations are, but she grew up in a church learning the truth, but wasn't allowed to ask good questions. So she concluded that the church doesn't really care about science. And in her young adulthood, she walked away from the church. I read recently about some parents who felt in their belief in God that it mandated that the Bible and prayer was all they ever needed. So they didn't take their child to the doctor And after losing their child to an actual treatable illness, they thought God had somehow in their faith failed them. The courts, on the other hand, found them negligent of actually helping their child. I know a high school student who wrote a paper alluding to intelligent design found in the elements of microevolution, but he received a bad grade and was insulted publicly by the teacher for trusting faith instead of science. He decided that day to be quiet about faith and just go along with the flow for the rest of his schooling. I know a mom who was struggling with her past and went to see a Christian counselor. She had been a little bit suspect about going to counseling, but she went and as she walked through a year of counseling, she discovered practical tools to help deal with the past and effectively stop being controlled by shame and codependency. And she wondered, why doesn't the Bible include such obviously helpful information as she experienced in counseling? Well, today we're looking at the importance of tension And we've looked at several of these things already. We've looked at this one, that you can know God, and yet God is a mystery. God can do whatever God wants to do. Secondly, last week we talked about God has an ideal, an ideal way to run your life and your finances and your marriage and how to follow his moral law. And yet the beautiful thing about God is that he also uses broken people, that his ideal reveals our need for him And God uses broken people in his kingdom plans. And today, we're going to look at the difference between the Bible and life. And what I mean by that is this, that the Bible is all true. Yet, not everything true about life is included in the Bible. That there are other truths outside of the Bible that are true about life, but it doesn't make the Bible not true. Here's why you need this sermon. You don't have to choose between the Bible and good science. In fact, both bring truths 
to the human experience. If you're taking notes today, you might want to write this down. It's not a problem to solve. It's a tension to manage. Tension is important. As we've looked at, sometimes if we try to remove out of fear the truths that are outside of, let's say, the Bible, what we end up doing, if we remove the tension and say the Bible is the only source of truth, there's no other source of truth outside, what we end up doing is weakening the argument for the Bible instead of managing the tension between biblical truth and other truths about life that simply aren't included in the Bible. We need both, and we're talking about why maintaining tension is so important in your life and in the life of your friends and the life of you as parents as you're raising your children. It's not a problem to solve. It's a tension to manage. One day, your kids or your spouse or your friend or even you will face an issue that's not directly addressed in the Bible. And you're going to have to find out what then is the source of truth. Let me say something. The Bible is true. The accounts and the events of the Bible are historical. The principles work. The miracles actually happen just as they were described. The gospel message is real. Our priority is let people know that the Bible is all true. It is the inspired and breathed word of God as its authors were carried along by the Holy Spirit. It's from God. God doesn't make mistakes. God is into preservation. He died to preserve you, even though you and I, we had been corrupted by sin. God is fully able to protect and promise and per preserve his word. Let me give you some facts about the Bible. You might not know the reliability of the Bible as compared to even other historical literatures, but the Bible and its reliability really destroys all other ancient literature that we have as far as the a number of accounts that we have in the Bible, the number of records we have in the Bible, and the consistency between that and over the years. Let me give you some facts. The Bible was written over a span of 1,600 years across three continents, Africa, Asia, and Europe by over 40 authors in three different languages, Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek. And it has one primary theme, the glory of God in the salvation of people. That's the message of the Bible. All those different authors, all those languages, all the time, all that content is the story of Almighty God that he gets glory for how he saves people in a fallen world. Listen, the Bible is true and you need to know some other things, some other truths about life. But let me make no mistake. The Bible is the final authority when it comes to spiritual issues. It's not your self-help book. It's not other ideas. The Bible's the final authority. The Bible is the ultimate authority when it comes to theology. And the Bible is the final authority on all issues that it addresses. But let's be honest, some issues and things just simply aren't in it. For example, the Bible wasn't written to tell you how the heavens go. The Bible was written to tell you how to go to heaven. Yet, there's some other information that we need to have. And those of you who've been to higher education, those of you who are walking in recovery, those of you who've been to counseling, those of you who are in a, a field that has higher disciplines, you know that there is information that we need, information that is helpful. And we need to lean into our friends and to our kids and say, listen, the Bible is the final authority and the Bible shows you how to live. It is the plan and true account of God and... Hear me carefully, 
there are some other things God has given in life that we can understand and learn from as well. In Romans chapter one, Paul is talking to people throughout the world and he's arguing about God's creation. He says this in Romans 1.20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. See, people say, well, I've never seen God. Well, that may be true. But you know that God is around. His eternal power and his divine nature, the Bible says, are revealed to you through what has been made. Through creation, through the stars, that the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. That through our eyes, general revelation happens. That you and I are without excuse because of what has been seen. That we can understand God's eternal power. We can understand his divine nature. Well, you know what that means though as well? It means that there's a whole category of information that God would love for us to understand that is not in this book. A whole category. Because the Bible you can read, but there's a whole category of revelation from God about God that is important for us to understand that's not in the Bible. God built it into our world and he's built that into our lives so we, we can learn from each other. We can learn from all kinds of places and disciplines and other things. These are the truths that you and I should be good stewards to learn. For example, can you learn about leadership from a non-Christian leader? Of course you can learn leadership principles. Is it helpful for educators to give you truths about learning styles and life stages and development, even as you might be schooling your kids at home if they're younger, or even as your, your kids are going through puberty or they're going through life stages? Of course, that's helpful. It's helpful. And there are some other truths. Why do you go to Disneyland? Is Mickey in the Bible? No, Mickey's not in the Bible. But God made people have the ability to be creative and their creativity is so inspiring. Can you learn truths about creativity from non-biblical sources? Of course you can. Can you learn how to provide better security from trained first responders who use other disciplines? Yes, there are truths about life that are simply just not in the Bible. So here's what I'm saying. Listen to me carefully. We don't have any excuse as Christians not to learn everything that we can possibly learn to do the jobs that God has called us to do the best that we can possibly do them. Hear me again. We don't have any excuse as Christians not to learn everything we can possibly learn to do the jobs that God has called us to do the best we can possibly do them. And we need to be good students in order to do that. Yeah, there's truth out there that is non-biblical, but there's a difference between something that is anti-biblical and something that is true, but not necessarily recorded in the Bible. That would be non-biblical. For example, airplanes. Airplanes are not anti-biblical. There are truths about flight and the physics of flying. I mean, how do, you, how do you make sense of that? Physics of flying something the size of a building. Our family took a trip to Everett, Washington, and we toured the Boeing factory and saw how they make these amazing, immense airplanes. And the mystery of flight and the physics behind it is still such an awe-inspiring mystery. But our culture, we've dialed it into a truth. 
People are transported on airplanes every day. But is airplane travel in the Bible? No. Those are non-biblical truths, but they're not anti-biblical. That's a big difference. And some of you will at times feel like, well, if it's not in the Bible, then it simply can't be true. And you kind of put your hands on your hips and you're like, I don't know, pastor. The Bible never says the word Enneagram. It's true. The word Enneagram is not in the Bible. You know what other words are not in the Bible? Trinity or rapture. They're not in the Bible either. So to say simply because a word or a discipline from another area isn't in the Bible and to, and to throw it out is kind of a double standard, wouldn't you say? Isn't the theology of the Trinity helpful? Isn't the theology of the rapture and end times helpful? Of course it is. It's possible to let your skepticism become a double standard. But I want to encourage you, if you're out of fear, parents particularly, sometimes out of fear, you want to defend the Bible so much that you remove the tension that it needs to exist between it and other truths about life. You want to discount other truths about life because they're simply not in the Bible. And what happens when you remove the tension, your argument for the Bible loses its power. If people don't have the opportunity to ask good questions, it's going to lose the power. If there's not a tension between what students are experiencing in school and what the Bible talks about and them doing good learning in both, then you are removing the influence of the Bible. You're removing the power. You must maintain the tension. So don't be that kind of Christian. Don't model that to your children. Because why? So often these truths that are true about life actually amplify the truths in the Bible. Write this down if you're taking notes. You have to ask the question, is it anti-biblical or is it non-biblical? Remember, non-biblical means it's likely true about life. It's just not in the Bible. And here's my point. Just because your job title isn't listed in the Bible doesn't mean that your work is anti-biblical. It's just non-biblical. Your title may not be a title of somebody in the Bible. So here's what we are to do as Christians. Learn everything you can possibly learn to do the jobs God has called you to do as best as you can possibly do them. Like this guy. I'm putting a picture up on the screen. I want to ask, do you know who this guy is? The question, this guy on the screen is Willis Carrier. You say, I have no idea who Willis Carrier is. That's good. But you'll be praising God for William Carrier in a, Willis Carrier in a minute. This is a guy who created air conditioning. Air conditioning. Yeah, so he can give praise to, thank you God for giving wisdom to this man to create air conditioning, yes. So what do you need him to do? Do the jobs that God has called you to do and learn everything you need to learn so that you can do the jobs God's called you to do as best as you can possibly do that. Your mission and my mission is not simply just to teach the Bible. It's bigger. It's not just teaching people the Bible. It's bigger than that. People need to know that God is bigger than your Bible. And let me say this clearly so you don't think there's anything heretical in what I'm saying. That God is bigger than your Bible. And, and when I'm saying your Bible, listen to me, people. I mean yours. Christians, are you hearing me? God is bigger than your version of the Bible. The NIV or the ESV or the KJV or the Message or the New Living Translation. Christians, are you getting my point? So many of you are willing to die for your version, your translation of the Bible. And God is bigger than that. And he's so much bigger than that. 
God has given us this, the Bible to communicate with us. It's living and it's active. It is God's word, but it all leads back to God. The Bible is God's text message to you. Our prayers are conversation to him, but he's communicating to us, but it points us all back to him, to who he is. God is both the source of the word and God is the source of the living word. His word is eternal. His word will never perish. It will never fall away. His word will last forever. But the Bible is a source that leads back to the source being God. I mean, do you have a phone? You're the source of the communication behind the phone. The phone is the instrument that's used to communicate on your behalf, but that leads back to you. When investigators are looking at crimes, they're gonna try to find out where your phone is and were you there at the time of the crime? Why? Because it's not you, your phone's not you, but it's the source that leads back to you. Listen to me. The Bible is the word of God. It's living, it's active, it is God's word. But it all points back to him. I'm gonna reveal and dispel for you today a great and terrible lie in our culture. Here's the lie. People think that they must choose science or the Bible. They think they've gotta choose between either science or the Bible. But listen to me. A Christian must learn the best he or she can learn through good science. What do you mean, Dave, by good science? I mean accurate testing, precise data, proof testing, including all the available info, not just the info that biases the outcome to a desired result. Why? Because science in its purest form changes with additional data. Science is intended to change with additional data. Science about COVID-19 has changed from the day that we became aware of it to today, and it's still changing, and we'll know more about it a year from now than we actually know right now. But I want to point out to you that science has constantly changed over the years, where the Word of God in many areas has remained constant. For example... The Bible in Jeremiah 33, 22 shares that there are innumerable stars, innumerable ones. Science used to think that there were only 1,100 stars. But now science says there are innumerable stars. We can't count them. There's too many. The Bible says that the earth free floats in space. In Job 26, verse 7, science used to think that the earth floated or sat on the back of a large animal. And now science says that there's free float of earth in space. The Bible says that creation is made of invisible elements, elements you and I can't see in Hebrews 11.3. Science used to be mostly ignorant on the subject, but science now says creation is in fact made of invisible elements. They're called atoms. The Bible says in Job chapter 38, 19 and 20 that light moves And we know about the speed of light now, but science used to think that light was fixed in place, that there was no movement to it. But now science, with additional information, comes back around to amplify what the Bible has already said is true, that light moves. The Bible says blood is the source of life and health in Leviticus 17 verse 11. Not that long ago, science and health medical professionals said sick people must be bled to get better. And so we're going to use leeches and we're going to put them on people and we're going to suck the blood out. They thought they were sucking the sickness out so that people could get better. Well, now it's the last thing that people would do. Science now says blood is the source of life and of health. It amplifies what's in the Bible. 
The Bible says in Samuel twenty-two sixteen and Jonah 2, 6, that the ocean floor contains deep valleys and mountains. Science used to say the ocean floor was flat. Science now says ocean floor contains deep valleys and mountains. The Bible says that the ocean also contains springs in Job 38, verse 16. Science used to say, no, 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 the ocean is only fed by rain and by rivers. But now science says, no, the ocean, in fact, contains springs. My point is that good science will amplify the Bible. And in the same way that the Bible is going to amplify good science. But there's a tension between the two, but we have to pay attention to the two. It's very important for us to look at both. The Christian person, listen to me, should marvel at what God does in creation as a reflection of the creator himself. We should look at creation and say, God, you're amazing because what our eyes see and are perceived in creation, that this creation cries out to you. This creation reflects you, that the stars, they cry to you, that the stars reveal how glorious and great and awesome and powerful, God, you are. Yes, the stars are great and they're beyond our comprehension and we wish we could get closer and we don't understand how light travel happens and we know that we couldn't even live long enough to get there and see these things firsthand, but maybe there's a wormhole and we don't know and we're trying to figure it all out but beyond that we say those are awesome things but God they point to you as the one who is most awesome the problem is we have an enemy and the enemy is trying to convince people that you've got to choose science or you've got to choose the bible now why would he do that why would the enemy of your souls try to convince you it's one or the other why would he try to remove the tension? Well, Romans 1.20 again says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what is made, so that people are without excuse. See, the enemy of our souls, Satan, wants you to reject God in favor of science. Because he knows that God will hold you accountable to the truths he created that you've seen with your own eyes, whether or not you've read about it in the Bible. That God's still going to say you're without excuse because what you've seen through general revelation and creation with your own eyes. So the enemy says, I try to get you to choose one or the other because I know that ultimately God will hold you accountable as the devil knows God has held him accountable to his destruction ultimately. Write this down. The Bible, this book, becomes the filter through which we run all truths to ensure that they're not anti-biblical falsehoods. That we always run perceived truths about life through the filter of the Bible to make sure they're not anti-biblical falsehoods. See, sometimes it's going to be found out to be true about life it's just not covered in the Bible. We would say that that truth is just non-biblical, but it's true. Other times, you and I are going to conclude that though it's widely accepted by people all over, it is actually anti-biblical. Well, how do you know what's true? Well, in order to know what's true, you got to know the Bible. You got to get into God's word. You got to read what it says. You got to take God at his word. You got to trust him. You've got to read in and with the best intellect that God would give you to understand the scriptures. You know what FBI agents do when they, actually it's secret service. You know what secret service does when they look, look for counterfeit money? 
When they're trained to look for counterfeit money, they never ever look at counterfeits. They only look at the real thing. They know real money so well, the real deal so well that anything that they see that's not the real deal, they're able to identify immediately. Why? Because they know the real thing so well. Other people are always going to be more creative trying to make counterfeit money in a variety of forms. They don't really care. They just know the real thing so well that they're able to identify the counterfeit right away. Romans 1, 20 through 23, listen again and to the verses that follow the one we've read already. Paul argues, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature, nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. It goes on, it says this, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. See, one thing about our culture right now is that it worships energy and nature and exercise and beauty and diversity and sex and science. But I want you to know that, that those are elements in our culture, but God is the source. He's the author, the creator of energy, nature, exercise, beauty, diversity, sex, and science. And we need to make sure that instead of worshiping those elements, that we're worshiping the source of those elements, the creator of those elements, the originator of those elements, God Almighty himself. See, those are like signs that point to a vacation destination. It's like people pulling over at the side of the road and they get out of the car and they start to bow down to the road sign that says, hey, this is gonna be the greatest vacation destination. And they get out and they worship the sign. They're not even at the destination yet. They're just worshiping the sign that points to the destination. That's what our world does. They bow down to the sign and they miss the source. It is important for you and I to understand who the source is and not get distracted by worshiping the data and the signs, but to understand what the data and all the signs point to that there's a source, a creator, a God who loved you and loved me enough to be willing to die for our sin, to leave the glories of heaven, to come to earth, to offer his life, to cancel out your sin and mine. See, why would you ever worship a sign to a vacation destination and miss the full joys and experiences and relationship that happens on vacation? In the same way, our culture is distracted by the signs and they're missing the source and the relationship that God intends. And God is drawing you to himself and me to himself. It is important for you and I to maintain the tension. I want you to know today that the Bible is all true. And yet there are other truths about life that simply just aren't in the Bible. And you and I are gonna maintain the tension between those two. Maybe today as you've been watching for the first time, you're realizing that you've never given your life to Jesus. You've been so distracted by the signs and you've never considered the source being God himself. And in this time of quarantine, you've maybe been able to ask some of the big questions about life. And you've been asking, how do I get saved? Is there more to life than this? What happens if I were to get sick and die? And how do I know with assurance 
that there would be life thereafter? How do I know that my sins would be washed away? How do I know if I were to stand before that holy and awesome God, that I would be declared clean and given entrance into heaven? And today, right where you are, just pray a prayer like this, to say this, Jesus, today I give you me. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin, that you were buried, that you rose to new life, that you are God. And I ask you to come into my life and make me a new creation. I ask you to wash me as white as snow because today, Jesus, I give you me. God who created you, who hears everything, who knows everything, heard you if you prayed that prayer right now, even if it's in your heart. And angels are dancing in heaven if you meant that with all your heart to give your life to Jesus. It means your sins are washed away. It means you don't all, no longer have to fear death. It means that you are given an assurance that after the time in which you and I die, that we are ushered into heaven, the day we die into the presence of the Lord in a place the Bible calls heaven where there's no more sorrow, there's no more suffering, there's no more pain. The old order of things has washed away. And that sounds like a great place to you. And I know it sounds like a great place to me. Make sure you share this if you get the chance with somebody who needs to hear this message today. Thank you for listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For information on Sun Grove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.